We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. Dear viewers, we have just received word that Libertarian Death Squad is taking over. We have come to take our country back. He also civil war could be on the way back. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Over of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so um, spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its not to travel abroad. It struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Joe Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you an now banned from entering the country. Christmas Island today declared that the coronavirus Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. Stunning new video is raising questions about the condition of rail cars involved in it, the fiery train derailment that happened last week in Ohio. Yeah, you may recall residents were forced to temporarily leave their homes after the train derailed in East Palestine. I know they say it, Palestine is where they say it there, earlier this month, uh, releasing hazardous chemicals. And the video on your screen now shows uh, that the train appeared to be on fire. This is interesting. 20 miles before it reached the site where it actually went off the tracks, derailed. Now, the footage uh, on your screen is captured by a security camera at an equipment plant uh, in Salem, Ohio. Let's bring in Erica Moke. She's a reporter for our Pittsburgh affiliate KDK-TV. Erica, what can you tell us about what this video is all about, what it shows, and what new questions does it raise? Yeah, so the video that you're seeing is from Butech Bliss, and as you mentioned, it's an industrial equipment facility. Um, you're seeing those sparks on a portion of the train, and as you mentioned, where this facility, where this video was shot, is about 20 miles from East Palestine, where that derailment happened, right? So the camera, when the train is passing that camera, when this footage was captured, this was around 
8.12 that evening. The derailment happened, as I mentioned, 20 miles later at around 8.55. So this brings up the question of, okay, when was the crew on board made aware that there was an issue? So this brings up the issue of the detectors, which are alongside the tracks. And these detectors are in place so that the crew on board knows if there is something that is malfunctioning, if there is something that they need to be aware of, because if they're aware of that, it's to help them avoid situations exactly like the one that we are talking about here. Now, I spoke to a retired Norfolk Southern um, railroad engineer, and he was saying that these detectors are placed about every 20 miles. So we're right in that zone where we're questioning, okay, where was the detector? When was the crew alerted to an issue? We do know that the crew did get an alert. So anytime there is an issue on the tracks, that crew is alerted. Those detectors alert the crew on board. And when there is an alert, they do need to stop the train, in some cases, immediately. Now, what this retired Norfolk Southern um, engineer was saying is that basically they were looking at, in this video, what could be considered a hot wheel. These detectors can detect if there is some sort of difference in temperature, right? So he believes that if the detector was in the area where we're seeing that hot wheel, the crew should have been notified right away. The question is if it was hot enough at the time when it went over the detector to notify them in time, or if they had already gone over that detector in, say, Salem, the Salem area, um, before that wheel started to spark and get hot. Like I said, we do know that there was an alert that was passed on to the crew. But again, it comes down to the question of where that detector was, how quickly they were able to get that message, and then ultimately stop that train. So those are the questions that are coming up now, and definitely something that the, the NTSB is looking into. They've talked with the crew members on board to see what alerts they got, when they got them, and they'll also be reviewing um, inward-facing cameras on that train and audio recorders to determine if their actions match up with what exactly they were supposed to be doing on that train when they get those alerts. Oh. Erica Mulcahy, thank you so much uh, for that thorough explanation. We'll, we'll stay tuned. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm host James Masson, and it is Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. Man, almost at the end of February already. Can you believe that shit? Oof, two months in, almost beginning the third month of the new year. And this story is really getting out of hand very quickly as more and more disturbing developments come into play. And shock horror. What's that? Large corporate conglomerates and whatnot interfering and funding and paying off government employees and agencies to look the other way? Well, seems to be the story of today. Let's get into this article. Norfolk Southern piled Ohio politicians with cash. Almost exactly a month before Norfolk Southern train derailed and spewed hazardous materials in eastern Ohio, the company gave the maximum $10,000 to help bankroll Governor Mike DeWine's inaugural festivities. See, and I'm someone who gave DeWine a lot of credit because he passed some, he, passed, he did some shit I really liked. Just starting with it right off the bat, he passed a uh, House Bill 99, got through. That was, uh, Big thing he was lobbying for. He was the only governor to follow the <clears throat> the Uvalde school shooting by passing a by having a uh, a bill signed into into effect that 
allowed teachers to both carry concealed and open carry in the classrooms. It also allowed, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of taxpayer fundings being used for pretty much anything. I'm not really a fan of taxes to begin with. I, I'm of the opinion that if 10% is good enough for God, it's more than good enough for the fucking government. And anything more than that should be considered fucking charity at that point. But, but part of how, part of the Bill 99 in Ohio was taxpayer dollars could go towards teachers who would want training and would pay for a two-day like, like basically a a weekend gun safety training course which look second amendment related shit's very constitutional if you're going to attack take people money fucking put it somewhere you might as well put it towards something that's at least you know roughly protected by the constitution and it makes kids safer in schools because you know I, I, I do have to admit, just sorry, I know this is off topic, but I have the conversation a lot. It's just, I, I don't understand the viewpoint of, well, less guns makes people more safe. How? In what universe exactly? For example, guns have no place in a school. Okay, well, let's say there's some deranged psycho, right? Hypothetically in this country, let's say there's some deranged psycho who has access to a gun, walks in, oh, look, it's a school, it's a gun-free zone, it's a school, Fucking fish in a barrel, literally. I the shooting gallery. Yeah, well, gun gun laws will be passed, and, and restricting people's access to guns will curb this. Just like how prohibition curbed people's access to booze. N- no, no, it won't. No, no. We also found out in hindsight that the federal government was giving a lot of these mobsters and alcohol, or a lot of these mobsters and criminals, the booze and the materials to make booze. They were effectively the suppliers. In some circumstance they also poisoned uh, a lot of alcohol that was served so i would imagine the government in that situation about like less hypothetical firearm ban across the country uh this, i know this is completely off the topic they would probably supply people with firearms fast and furious style in this country uh, if you know what fast and furious is it's when obama i swear to god look into this it's as retarded as it sounds thought the good a good way to curb cartel gun violence on the border would be to smuggle millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of firearms to the cartels in the dead of night a few times actually quite a few times they wanted for months uh and lo and behold it didn't curb cartel violence if anything it made it worse like statistically so uh i I could see the federal government easily put out like also put out like dummy guns too like just how they poisoned wine and alcohol during Prohibition. I could see them, you know, putting out fucking dud guns that are going to explode in people's hands and or just be a lot more dangerous on the streets to begin with. There's no way around having gun control installed as my walk-around TLDR point where it doesn't backfire dramatically against the very people who it's designed to protect, on paper at least. Because let's face it, ultimately, the long-standing rule just like how it was back in the day. The only way you could fight off um, a, a fucking talented fighter coming to your, you know, f- fucking little village of fucking post-Neanderthalic ancestors and whatnot coming to the village and start shit, you had to have that bigger guy come and beat his ass and protect your village. And then the only way to beat the next guy who had a sword was if you had a guy with a sword. And it would have also the point where the only way to beat one guy with a gun is... A good guy with a gun. I know it's a stereotypical fucking answer, but so TLDR again, when DeWine passed Bill 99, being the only governor 
in the entire fucking country to take action in order to protect kids in schools by allowing teachers to exercise their constitutional Second Amendment, which, by the way, any law or regulation against the Second Amendment is an infringement by definition of the, def- the you know, shall not be, you know, infringed. But it just showed, it showed something that I had just hadn't seen from any governors. And I looked at people like Mark, like uh, DeSantis. I'm like, oh, he's surely going to do something like this, right? No. No action on the two-way whatsoever. DeWine was the only one to say, yeah, you should be be absolutely allowed to carry firearms in school. So I gave him a lot of credit in my book, and he's usually a governor that's kind of low. You know, if he comes up and he does anything, it's usually, you know, something mundane, a tax cut, you know, some new highway repair shit. You know, either does nothing or when he does finally do something, it's pretty good. You know, he was addressing some woke, uh, you know, uh, C- uh, bleh, CRT in schools and shit. He was, he was addressing that. And then I give him a lot of credit for that too, but this this shit with the train derailment has completely destroyed every bit of positive credit I could give this jackass. And I, I really, I don't know, I regret the nice things I said about him, because it seems like more and more as time goes on, sure, yes, he is saying, hey Biden, where's that fucking, you know, FEMA, Where, where's my, where's the, you know, the response to protect, you know, the citizens of Ohio? Absolutely. Fair. Good. You should be calling it out. Second of all, though, you have a Department of Transportation. These railways have been, you know, well recorded to be out of whack for many fucking years. Like, this has been a well-known issue, and there was not really any effort put in to fix it. So, you know, ultimately, it seems like there was a, this whole thing is just highlighting something about DeWine's shortcomings that a lot of people wouldn't have been aware of otherwise. And to give the devil his due, perhaps DeWine wouldn't have been aware of his shortcomings here either way, but this is absolute corruption. Right? Now, sure, perhaps, perhaps, well, they just gave him the money. What he does with it isn't, uh, you know, isn't reflective of the company or any corruption, you know. Just like, you know, maybe, hypothetically, let's say the Koch brothers funded, for some fucking reason, Ron Paul runs for president. I'd be fucking morally obligated to vote for the guy. So... Ron Paul runs for president, and the Koch brothers fund him. I'd still be like, all right, I don't care. They just threw their money at some guy who's going to pass legislation that's going to fuck, you know, screw the Koch brothers over six weeks from Sunday. It's not who gives the money, it's what the person who gets the money does with it. Sure. But there, this this whole situation, from being like, oh, yeah, no, I knew nothing about the fucking controlled burn, to being like, yeah, I knew everything about the controlled burn, and got, you know, it's controlled to, oh yeah, it's only it's blowing that way. It won't be that big of a deal to, oh yeah, it's, it's totally a big deal. Hey Biden, come give us a hand. It's just not been a great look, and and it's crippled my fucking opinion of Mike Dewine, and it's a shame too. I I've been ranting for fucking eight and a half goddamn minutes about this. Let's get into the goddamn story, shall we? Almost exactly a month before that, maximum $10,000 to help bankroll DeWine's inaugural festivities, which, you know, would lead me to assume they also funded his campaign quite a bit, too. Let's get into the article over here from, oh, and just show down here, high factuality. The thing is, I like Political Wire. The thing is, they're always like one little paragraph anyway. So let's go here. We'll have more information. This is a local affiliate. Let me back up the mic a little bit. Sorry. Norfolk Southern, oops, there we go. Norfolk Southern piled Ohio politicians with campaign cash, extensive in, and extensive lobbying by Daryl Rowland, Monday, February twentieth, twenty twenty three. 
Columbus, Ohio, almost exactly a month before a Norfolk Southern train derailed and spewed hazardous materials in eastern Ohio. Jesus. The company gave the maximum $10,000 to help bankroll Mike DeWine's inaugural festivities. A six-on... Wait, a six-on-your-side examination of the record shows this contribution, which in part of a $29,000, the wait, which is part of the $29,000 the Virginia-based corporation has contributed to DeWine's political fund since he first ran for governor in 2018, is merely one piece of an extensive ongoing effort to influence statewide officials and Ohio lawmakers. By the way, this is WX, WSYX's. Uh, outlet's a local ABC affiliate. Don't remember if I actually said that or not. In all, the railway company has contributed about $98,000 during the past six years to Ohio statewide and legislative candidates according to the data from a Secretary of State. Virtually all went to Republicans, although Norfolk Southern has hedged its support for DeWine in 2018 with a $3,000 check to Democratic gubernatorial candidate uh, Richard Corderay. Corderay. Now, that means they have been spewing the maximum amount of money they could to as many politicians and officials in Ohio as possible. I have to assume this is going on in other states as well. I haven't looked into it. This it was literally just on the front page of uh, Ground News when I hopped over to it. So I gave the I gave the political wire cursory little little gleam before I hopped into this one. Yeah, this is a real fuck situation. Uh, now again, again, like I said earlier, just because you know the politician received the money doesn't necessarily mean they're as shady as the person who gave them the money. Sure, absolutely, I'm willing to humor that argument, you know, no, no, no worries, but, and, yeah, it does make sense that, you know, a a railway company, or an oil company, or, yeah, I don't know what's going on lately, um, my, I think the servers my shit's connected to, and my applications run off of, is going down because it's not on my end. I, I I do checks. My my system's running fine. A little on the hot side, but it's a two thousand nine Mac, so you know. Of course, it's gonna be running a little bit on the hotter side. For its credit, it does amazing work for how fucking old it is. Uh, but yeah, sorry, my thing cut off. In addition, in addition, the company filed. Let me see. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know what I was saying. I, I had to relaunch everything. Oh, well. In addition, the company filed more than 200 state-required quarterly reports disclosing lobbying of state officials or legislators in the same period. Oh, yeah, I remember now. Because uh, the the GOP tends to be, on average, a lot more supportive of fracking and oil, uh, natural fuels, uh uh, fossil uh, fossil fuels as well. The the GOP just tends to support both the mining and resourcing behind these uh, methods of fuel, and I do as well. I think the fusion is I think the future is fission, uh, and I root for it. I mean, we just cracked it a few like about this time last year, so Mazel Tov to that, you know, Eve. But ultimately, that kind of support is why you get 
a lot of these companies want to throw a lot of money behind uh, GOP reps. So I'm just saying, full full defense here, maybe it's not as shady as it seems on the surface, but again, with the lack of action and DeWine definitely not acting to the full extent of his capabilities as a governor by any fucking measure... I have to wonder, man, is there some fucking deeper corruption here? Some, you know, shaking of some dirty hands, because this is fucked up. It's sort of like, uh, so in Flint, fun fact a lot of people don't know about this, in Flint, uh, after the buyout, uh, you know, the government bails out, bailouts, sorry, did I say buyout? Ha 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 ha. So after the buyouts, uh, when GM, when General Motors turned into Government Motors, it switched its water supplies from the Flint water, from where Flint sources its water to the Detroit waterways. And it was a bit of a weird thing, you know, it was like, oh, why? Well, who did that? That's interesting. And then within about four or five months, the Flint pipeline situation popped off. If you, uh, if you want, it's a bit of a fucking read. It will be in the description below, but yeah, no. And that means that the Obama administration had full fucking advance knowledge that this was going to happen. And again, the railways in Ohio have been fucked for years. Years and years and years and years. Like, there have been complaints about this dating back to, like, 1990 was the oldest I saw. But I saw that on, I think, maybe it was the Quadrant or um, or maybe a Jimmy Dore video. Somebody pull it up. I can't remember offhand who it is. Maybe Ben Krigler. But... And you know I'm from Michigan, right? I say I I say in the Maho area because I, I I spend a lot of I, I spend a lot of my week part of my week in Ohio and a large part of my week in Michigan. I also tend to bounce to Illinois too. Like I'm all over the place. Side note: I didn't end up getting to DC like I wanted to, so I missed that uh, anti-Ukrainian war protest. Um, oh well, I wanted to film it, didn't get out there. Transportation fell through, but I am working on getting out to Flint. Or uh, not Flint. Oops, I'm working to uh, get out to East Palestine. Hopefully I'll get the footage up and film and everything all recorded and organized and up for uh, or by Monday. However, I, I can't... You, you know, the roads in Ohio are phenomenal. They're smooth as hell. You cross the border from Michigan to Ohio, you feel the fucking difference. But the railways are just shit. So is that all the pictures with the railways before it happened and even after it happened? Those railways look pretty straight. Like there's some, I don't know. The whole thing's been kind of weird, and I still like I've been reporting on this since it first happened, and I'm just sitting here. I still am so, I don't know. There's a lot of questions that remain unanswered, and while people are like, oh, you know, Joe Biden and his administration are taking no action. True, absolutely. There's a lot of really sketchy shit with the company itself going on that people are just kind of overlooking. And I'm going to do my best to talk about it, but, you know, I got to make sure my information is as accurate as possible before I get on the mic and just start blasting off, you know? I don't want to just say they're putting, you know, turning the fucking frogs gay. I mean, the frogs are fucking gay, but just different. In addition, the company filed more than 200 state required quarterly lobbying. A total of 39 of those public uh, public disclosures showed that DeWine or another or another statewide official was the lobbyist target, while another 167 were aimed at state lawmakers. Most of the of the disclosure attempts were where the money, you know, receipts for donations from Norfolk to different uh, Michigan representative, senator, or congressman, and governor. 
Most of the disclosed attempts to influence Ohio leaders came on generic rail or transportation issues. Some efforts, however, were devoted to defeating legislation that would have established a tougher safety standard for the rail yards and train operations. On the ground in East Palestine, our first look at the derailment site, crash and burnt visible, funky smell in the air. Uh, burnt cars are visible and a funky smell in the air. Oh, I bet. Uh, years of killing Ohio bills designed to make the railroad safer. Getting special attention from Norfolk Southern ha- was a bipartisan measure introduced in two consecutive legislation sessions, which would have required a minimum of two-person crews on freight trains pushed by advocates as a safety measure, which the size of the crew has not publicly emerged as a factor in East Palestine derailment. The, uh, Ardent, the ardent opposition of Norfolk Southern to the provision, which is so weird. Why would you not want extra safety and thrills to get fixed up? It's wild. I'm sure... Okay, so, sitting back, I'm sure there's maybe some typing on the paper. All these bills and policies tend to have some weird little fuckery with them. Perhaps that's what it is. Again, I'm not as knowledgeable, necessarily, as I am on a lot of other topics I report on. This is some new information that just came out. Why they fully support them, why they're against this. I haven't, of course, had time to look into this bill or see why people were, were not against it. I will look into it and report on, on that when I get to it. Because I have another episode about the East Palestine train derailment coming out. Um, I don't know. Just uh, very interesting. So perhaps there was something in the legislation that was weird and the, com- the company didn't want any part of it. Who knows? But again, this just on the surface, it smells very fucking fishy. Get special attention, two-person crews. Maybe because they have to pay another person, which, again, mm. Well, the size of the crew has not publicly emerged as a factor in East Palestine's derailment. The adherent op- opposition of Norfolk Southern to the provision and other opposed rail safety measures underscores the company's strong efforts to avoid additional regulations. A little-known political fund gives the wine donors like the AEP another shot at influence. In early 2021, lobbyists made their case to the office of the Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost against the two-person crew mandate. The bill would have required the Attorney General, at the request of the Public Utilities Commission, to bring a civil action against rail uh, against railroads that violate the law. The penalties would have ranged from a possible $1,000 fine thousand dollars for the first violation to as much as ten thousand dollars for a third violation within three years of the first there is no indication yost did anything and he is now threatening to sue the railway the railroad over east palestine's derailment per a letter obtained by six on your side again six on your side being the abc uh, local ohio affiliate that this is there is no indication you did anything read that. Let's uh let's give a little read here, shall we? A letter to Dave uh Dave Yost, Ohio Attorney General. February fifteenth, twenty twenty three, via overnight delivery. Alan Shaw, President and CEO of Norfolk Southern Corporation, six five zero address is irrelevant. If you want, you can look it up yourself. Uh re notice of intern to sue and notice to uh, request to preserve records. Dear Mr. Shaw, 
You are hereby notified that the office is considering litigation against Norfolk Southern Cor uh, Corporation under any statutory and common law authority in connection with the East Palestine Ohio derailment. Should I receive the lit uh, the litigation referral from the Ohio Environmental Protection Agency, Ohio Department of Natural Resources, or any other Ohio agency, my office will also pursue all remedies available under the law. I may seek injunctive and equitable relief damages and or civil penalties, costs, and fees, and other relief in court may deem proper. After Norfolk Southern train derailment, the company caused the release of hazardous materials into the air and surface and ground waters in and around East Palestine. The pollution, which continues to contaminate the area around East Palestine, can create a nuisance, damage to natural resources, and, cause for env and caused environmental harm. Local residents and Ohio waters have been damaged as a result. At least there's a finally a government official admitting it and talking about it. The federal government's been acting like there's nothing sketchy here whatsoever. Please know that Norfolk Southern is under a legal obligation to preserve all information potentially relevant to the impending litigation. I ask... Oh. Uh, I ask that any information is preserved and is not destroyed, altered, deleted, or lost. The records of of all current and former employees of Norfolk uh, Southern and its contractors pertaining to the realment pollution and the causes of the pollution must be preserved. Interesting. That means they think people may have quit to protect themselves? I mean, it's not the most out there thought, I guess. To the extent Norfolk Southern is willing to engage in discussion to amicably resolve this matter, please direct your legal counsel to contact Deputy Attorney General Jonathan Fulkerson at Jonathan Fulkerson at OhioGo.gov. Uh, Ohio Signed, Dave Yost. All right, Dave, let's get back into this. In the end, however, the lobbyist the lobbying effort was a success. While neither measure passed, the later version got five hearings in twenty twenty one in the House Transportation and Public Safety Committee. Republican co sponsor Brett Hillier of uh Urichville My apologies has said at the time that the bill contained quote railroad safety measures that are long overdue and critical not only for industry but for the communities that impacted by the railroads. At least somebody's calling them out again. Still, quote railroads are a very important part of com of uh, commerce. But if you start thinking about what's carried on the rail car, what kind of havoc that could be wrecked on your districts and your communities. Hillier said, quote, I think it is a common sense solution to require a two-man train crew. Yeah, I mean, it seems logical on the surface. But I guess it would also, I guess it would, I, I mean, I always assumed that there was a more than one employee on the train. You know, but I guess it's just me. Maybe it would make more sense based on the size of the train. I don't know. It, it definitely feels like there should be more than one person on, on these trains. Democratic co-sponsor Michael, uh... I, honestly, I'm overthinking. I'm like, wait, I I don't like dealing with people, so I could have just been a train conductor for all these years, and I could have just been most likely by myself. You're shitting me. 
Democratic co-sponsor Michael she uh she 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 of suburban Toledo who spent 40 years in the rail in the rail industry said the proposal would provide needed rules to protect Ohioans and assure safety for both the public and railroad worker alike. He left office at the end of 2022. But Randy No Assist Vice President, Assistant Vice President of the Regulatory Affairs for Norfolk Southern told the House Committee that Federal Railroad Administration data, quote, does not establish that one-person operation are less safe than multiple-person train crews. Besides, he added, quote, Ohio lawmakers have no right to take up safety issues preempt, uh, preempted by federal law. Uh, I would argue that states' rights should overpower federal law and rights, but... I will ultimately say that, unfortunately, due to current situations, he is right. And again, not that I'm fucking thrilled about it. Both CSX and the Ohio Chamber of Commerce joined Norfolk Southern in opposing the minimum crew mandate. Quote, Ohio's business climate, ow, would be negatively impacted by legislation such as HB, House Bill 186, because he added regulations that would increase the cost of doing business in the Buckeye State and would interfere with the employment relationship between employers and their employees. Kevin Shimp, the Chamber's Director of Labor and Legal Affairs, said. The spokesperson for Governor Wine says campaign contributions have no effect on his decisions. The governor indicated last week that the state likely would sue if Norfolk does not uphold its commitment to pay for damages and the cleanup effort. Norfolk Southern describes the... Yeah, but you should at least file the paperwork just so they have it there knowing that you add a flip of the switch and a drop of the hat and a clink of the spoon, you're willing to do it. Norfolk Southern describes its criteria for campaign donations on its own website saying, we make political contributions when we determine them to be in the best interest of the corporations. All political spending reflects the railroad's interest and not those of individual officers or directors. Okay, well, I mean, uh, that's kind of a wild statement because if you're vote, if the industry, if the company itself is voting, then or or funding people, that means the board of directors agrees with whatever the politician or the candidate is saying. Would you know is, is saying help would help them? Mean they agree with a certain candidate? Mean they do in fact support that candidate? And it does in fact re- reflect their opinions because I don't know they're the ones agreeing to, to fund these people. The company also disclosed on its website that it spent three point oh or four point thirty six million dollars on lobbying nationwide in twenty twenty one. Ohio federal lawmakers demand answers. I drop the bucket for FTX. Answers from both the railroad and the regulators. The railroad president and CEO Alan Shaw visited East Palestine on Saturday. He pledged, "Quote: We are here and will stay here for as long." as it takes to ensure your safety and to help East Palestine recover and thrive, lawmakers are now scrambling to make sure the railroad is held accountable. The House Homeland Security Committee is scheduled to hear, quote, information, test, informal testimonies Wednesday from Karen Hewley, Assistant Director of the Ohio Department of Public Safety, and John Esterly, Chairman of the Ohio State Legislative Board and the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers. Who? Hold on. In Washington, State Commerce Committee Chairman Maria Chantwell is seeking 
detailed information about Norfolk Southern over the past five years. The Democrat from the state of Washington noted that large railroads, quote, have cut their workforce by nearly one-third, shuttering railroads where rail cars are traditionally inspected and are running longer and heavier trains. Thousands of trains carrying hazardous materials like the one derailed in Ohio travel through the communities throughout the nation each day. The railroad safety was the centerpiece of the letter Thursday from U.S. Sen- uh, Senator Sharon Brown and J.D. Vance J.D. of Ohio, plus both of Pennsylvania senators to Jennifer L. Homedy. Homendy, okay, chair of the National Transpor- Transportation Safety Board. The bipartisan qu- uh, quartet wanted to know the, uh, wanted to know how to reclassify trains. Quote. There are clearly danger, dangerous, like maybe there are clearly dangers like those which derailed the derailed in East Palestine into a higher federal category, so that uh, so that notice goes to state through which they can travel. The senators also wondered, quote, are all are U.S. railroads and shipping invest, investing uh, su- uh, sufficiently into maintaining the rail cars and tracks used by trains to transport hazardous material? It has been reported that uh, the seven class budget or uh, biggest railroads, the seven class I biggest railroads in the U.S. spent more than 114 billion on stock buybacks and cash distributions and paid more than 77 billion in dividends between 2010 and 2021 the amount that significantly exceeded the 138 billion spent on their infrastructure during that period jesus christ uh jennifer homedy tweets here from february 16th that leads me to my point anyone speculating about what happened didn't what happened didn't happen or should have happened is misleading a suffering community, please stop spreading misinformation. For example, some are saying that the ECP, electronically controlled uh, pneumatic brake rule, if implemented, would have uh, prevented this derailment. False. Here's why. Anyway, corporate campaign contributions pay off, critics say. Union members who vocally supported the past legislative attempts to increase rail safety are especially outspoken after the derailment. Quote, well, of course, there's a grievance to be had. Just this time, I agree with the grievance. Quote, even as the trains have gotten derailed, have gotten longer, the workforce supporting them has gotten smaller. All of this is done by rail corporations in pursuit of lower, uh, lower operation costs, higher profits, and a better return for shareholders. Like, uh... Shareholders said Jeremy Ferguson, transportation uh, division president of the Sheet Material Air Rail Transportation Union, based near Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland sucks. No offense. I mean, I actually had all the offense. The bottom line of such of such difference to operating uh, ratios over safety. Don't you mean railroads over safety conditions? Quote has led us to the point where. Fewer railroads with less training are taking longer trains made up of more hazardous materials down tracks with more wear and tear, as the heartbreaking images from East Palestine show. Oh, give me one second. I need to 
grab a drink real quick. They're discontinuing these um, these Monster Hydro Energy Waters. I got the uh, Tropical Thunder here. I'm drinking the Blue Ice one. Tropical Thunder is my favorite. The Blue Ice one's a little wonky. Don't really like it. Ah, uh, I was getting a little dry in the back of my throat from all that reading. Ooh. Uh, but I'm not a big fan of this. It tastes like that. Uh, any of my uh, elder, what what the fuck would you call me? Uh, anyway, the oldest of Gen Z out there would probably remember that uh, Inspector Blue kids Listerine shit. You know, you squeeze the bottle, fill that little shot glass, you rinse your mouth with it. Would turn all the little food bits in your teeth blue, so you knew where to brush extra hard. It tastes like that, and I really don't like it. But I bought it. I'm tired as hell. I, mean, I worked. Ah, dude, I was up late. Mm. But, but I don't know. I, I I had one of these a long time ago. I thought they tasted fucking terrible. I know this is off track, but I'm giving my eyes a quick little break. And I just like shooting shit with you guys. Uh, some of you have followed me on different social media sites, and we've, uh, you know, kicked it a little bit. Uh, so, I will say, been cool, been cool. Uh, you're this far into the podcast, I, I assume you're actually interested in the content, so maybe I'm either annoying you or you're enjoying this little levity for a second just while I have a couple little swigs here. Ooh. Mm. Okay. Uh, ultimately, yeah, I, I get why these monster hydros are going out, out uh, are going out and being discontinued, or at least speedway claims are being discontinued. Fuck if I know. Anyway, the bottom line of such a difference, uh, recipe uh, ratios over different conditions, has led us to the point where fewer railroads with less training are taking longer trains made up of more hazardous materials down tracks with more wear and tear. As the heartbreaking images from East Palestine show, this is a recipe for more catastrophic con- consequences. The liberal nonprofit Progress Ohio, pointing to Norfolk Southern's expensive record of trying to influence state decision lawmakers, drew a parallel between those completely legal efforts and the illegal activities testified about in ongoing federal corruption cases, quote, as the trial of former House Speaker Larry House... Larry House... So wait, former Ohio House Speaker Larry Householder. So House Speaker Householder. Okay. And Energy First has shown us. The organization said in a statement, quote, corporation, uh, corporate giving... The uh, giving to champions occasionally comes with a clear expectation of favorable policy outcomes, and in Ohio, Norfolk Southern got what it wanted. And that brings us to the end of this article and the end of this episode. Yeah, a lot to consider here. And we'll see what uh, comes of this investigation. I had to get into a record because all of a sudden, now that a certain, uh, you know, now that a certain someone has decided that they were going to go over to uh, <laughs> over to uh, East Palestine, Ohio. All of a sudden, Buttigieg, Biden, and FEMA are suddenly rushing to Ohio's defense, too. Huh. Jeez, I wonder what happened. Uh, and that's what I'll, what I'll be recording about next time. So that being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, James Madison, and I shall catch you guys later. If there's any information you think I missed or you want to add to the story, please leave uh, the comment and a link to the story or your source in the comments below. All 
resources used in this episode will be in the description below, and I look forward to having a conversation with you guys in the comments below. Until next time, deuce. Well, residents in East Palestine were inhaling toxic fumes. Mayor Pete was joking <laughs> about the Chinese spy balloon his boss allowed to fly across the country. He's a funny guy. Watch this. I mean, if you look at what the American transportation systems have faced in the last two or three years, partly because of the pandemic, we've faced issues from container shipping to airline cancellations. Mm -hmm. Now we got balloons. That's right. Um, <laughs> So you're completely incompetent, completely incompetent. There's never been a cabinet secretary this flamboyantly incompetent and this so obviously uncaring, almost to the point of evil, if we're being honest about it. And then the little joke at the end, ho, 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 ho. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm Rose James Masson, and we'll be doing more coverage of the East Palestine or East Palestine, Ohio, real Epstein versus Epstein pronunciations there, guys. But I'm going to say Palestine. I was reported in the media. People I know live in Ohio say Palestine or Palestine, so I'm gonna say Palestine. Now, a couple things are going on. First, we reported on this a little while ago. We got a couple videos here processing. Uh, forget the double upload. I posted these hours ago. For some reason, they're not processing, so I re-uploaded them. I'm gonna see what's going on with that. But we reported just a little while ago, right here, that Trump was going to head over to. Uh, Trump was the first candidate slash politician to announce, like at least presidential candidate-wise, that they were going to go to East Palestine. Sometime this week, now it's looking like Trump expedited that to be going today, possibly, in Wednesday the 22nd. But that's something, yeah, that's a rumor that came out with sources familiar. But as soon as Trump said, oh, I'm going to go to East Palestine and see if I can lend any kind of help that I, if I'm able to, all of a sudden, after damn near three straight weeks of Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg, and FEMA sitting on their hands saying, there's no emergency in Ohio, what are y'all talking about? All of a sudden, wow, look, there's an emergency in East Palestine, Ohio. As everyone suddenly is rushing to get to East Palestine, Ohio. So let's start with watching this clip right here. Trump blasts Biden for choosing Ukraine on President's Day over Ohio. They were abandoned. And mind you, Trump won Ohio in a landslide. This specific area, East Palestine, this county, went hard for Trump in 2016 and even harder in 2020. I will put you $100 on the table right now to the charity of your choice that Donald Trump will take to Ohio in 2024. Joe Biden or the Democrats will not win Ohio anytime soon. And this is actually, fun fact, not too far from that fucking steel factory where Trump gave the famous what the hell do you have to lose speech. So Ohio is really going to be feeling that MAGA shit real soon right now. It's funny. I, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's, a, it, it's funny to think that Donald Trump is affecting more change out of office than Joe Biden in offices. At least more change beneficially. And now I've said this before, I want Donald Trump to do well. He has a lot of shortcomings and a lot of issues I have with him from bump stock bans so on and so forth. But coming out lately, he's delved back into the culture war shit. He's really quit shilling the fucking vaccine. I haven't heard him mention it once. He hasn't told anybody to get vaccinated in fucking many months. And over the last like three months, he's been going in, calling people names, bashing people, doing the fucking 2016 route, while also 
going after pink-haired communists and Marxists in schools. Then he dropped some fucking pro-2A comments talking about this NSA is unconstitutional. It's like, whoa, dog. Gotta fuck. Actually, you know what? Let me look further into that statement. I walk that one back till I look into it further. That last one... Now I'm thinking about it. It's a pretty dubious source where I heard that from. So let me look into that. I think I only read that last one by him saying some two-way shit. Uh, I think about it. It may have been an audio fake. So before I actually go off saying that last part is accurate, I want to make sure to double-check that one. Hold myself accountable on air. It's important. Uh, but let's watch this clip right here. Former President Donald Trump on Monday blasts Joe Biden for spending President's Day with Ukrainians rather than the victims of the devastating train wreck in Ohio suggesting it sent a powerful message to the neglect uh, of neglect to voters in a key election battleground state. It ain't a battleground state no more, sweetheart. And it's absolutely true. Not only that, what was it? A hundred million dollars to you to Ukraine? What did Joe Biden just drop on the drop that day? You what it, it will come up. I'm gonna need to look it up. But Joe Biden drops tons. I, I believe, if I remember correctly, it was a hundred million dollars to Ukraine in sudden secret trip that no one knew about till after it happened. Meanwhile, for three weeks, they turned a blind eye to East Palestine, Ohio. I've been rambling. Let's get into this. I don't know if we're gonna watch this full six-minute things, but you know. Well, happy President's Day, sir. I want to ask you about the current occupant of the White House. He spent the day, President's Day, in Ukraine with President Zelensky, rather than go to East Palestine and spend it with the suffering residents of Ohio. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's very sad, and I'll be going, uh, as you know, I'll be spending some time in Ohio where he should be, and uh, frankly, that FEMA should have been there a long time ago, and I announced that I was going, and all of a sudden, FEMA's sending a lot of money now, and they weren't going to send anything, so I'm honored by that, but I'll be there (laughs) on Wednesday, and I look forward to that. It'll be great. Those are great people. And they were abandoned, but now I think they won't be abandoned any longer. Very sad to watch that. Well, Again, it's crazy. really wild to think that they weren't going to do anything about this until Donald Trump was like, you know what, I'm going to go to Ohio. So let's hop over here to the Washington Examiner for our article. Watch East Palestine Mayor slams Biden Ukraine visit as slap in face. It absolutely is. He is right now putting America absolutely less. And as the president, that is the complete antithesis of his goddamn job. There is no, I don't care how many Russians or Ukrainian bodies are being blown to bits all over the fucking battlefield. We have Americans here who need help. A fraction of this fucking money. Think about all the homeless people under the bridges here. Think about all the potholes could have fixed. Think about everything that could have been repaired with all the money sent to Ukraine. And you know, I'm someone who sits back, and for years I've been saying, yeah, socialized healthcare, medicine, schools, all these social programs are bullshit. It's all, there's no way in hell that we could fund and manage all this. But you know what's really funny? I find myself kind of stumped when I get hit with the occasional, well, we were able to do the stimulus program. Okay, yeah, that was a terrible idea. Well, the Pentagon lost $2.2 trillion. We've sent many billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine. It's like, oh. I guess we did have that money. We could do a lot of social programming. And now I'm still against the idea of social programming, but can you just imagine 
I, I would rather us have have to be dealing with inflation if there's some measurable difference happening here, but instead we're dealing with it in all these benefits, air, air quotes, benefits are going to Ukraine on your dime. Remember, every single cent sent to Ukraine comes out of your paycheck, out of your brothers and your sisters and your kids and your husbands and your wives and your moms and your dads and your uncles and your aunts and your best friends and your co-workers' paychecks are all being gutted to fund this bullshit war in Ukraine. And by the way, we have an update on that too. Oh, believe that. So let's get into this first. See, it's just a video. That's what I thought. Nope, right here. You know. Yeah, I think I think he has to prove himself to you. And and Mayor, before we let you go, you saw President Joe Biden over in Ukraine. Uh, did that make you feel uh, slighted in any way? I mean, he hasn't really. You heard him. He said I didn't want him to ask this question. Uh, did that make you feel uh, slighted in any way? I mean, he hasn't really. Can he not hear me? I got well, you, let me, asked let me... to, uh, you know, before we go, I, I can repeat, he said, with the president being in U Ukraine today, you know, did that surprise you? Absolutely. That was the biggest slap in the face. That tells you right now he doesn't care about us. So Agreed. Uh, he can send every agency he wants to, but uh, I found that out this morning in one of the briefings that he was in the Ukraine giving millions of dollars away to people over there and not to us. And I'm furious. On so, President's Day in our yeah, country. Yeah, President's Day in our country. He's... He's uh, over in Ukraine, so that tells you what kind of guy he is. All right. Well, listen, you two hang in there. Please let us know if we can do anything. And I'm glad you're holding Alan yes, Shaw's feet to the fire. Hang in there, guys. Thank you. You know. Okay. Let's get into the article here. Let me zoom in so I can read a little bit more easily because I'm blind. East Palestine mayor slams Biden's Ukraine visit as slap in face by Luke Gentile. Mm. Oy vey, sweet Gentile. Media producer, February 21st, 2023, at 1.25 in the afternoon. The mayor of East Palestine, Ohio, slammed President Joe Biden Monday and called his President's Day visit to Ukraine a slap in the face. Quote, that was the biggest slap in the face, Mayor Trent Conaway told Fox News anchor Jesse Waters, quote, that tells you right now he doesn't care about us. The community of East Palestine has been reeling since a February 3rd derailment saw a train carrying 20 cars of hazardous material. Uh, materials have 11. Uh, materials have 11 derailed. That's how it's written. It's not me having a fit or anything causing environmental and safety concerns to the surrounding area. Where you watch that clip here. In the wake of the toxic exposure and evacuations, the Biden administration has been uh, chastated for its alleged cavalier handling of the incident. The Environmental Protection Agency and Department of Health and Human Services are among many agencies that travel to East, East Palestine to address the crisis. But Conaway said what Biden and the federal government are doing is not enough. Quote, he can send every agency he wants to, but I found uh, I found that out. I think you meant to say found out that this morning in one of the briefings that he was in Ukraine giving millions of dollars away to people. Was it half a billion dollars? Was it a hundred million or five hundred million? Is that what it was? Damn. Uh, a way to people over there and not to us. And I'm furious, he said, quote, President's Day 
in our country. He's over in Ukraine, he added. That tells you what kind of guy he is. Absolutely. And we're going to move over here from the post-millennial. Savannah Hernandez reports, Buttigieg finally plans to visit East Palestine three weeks, three fucking weeks after train derailment, toxic train derailment. Quote, I'm pl- I'm planning like I was mayor of my hometown for eight years. We dealt with a lot of disasters, natural and human. Yeah, Buttigieg. You know, I'm kind of surprised it happened to him. You would think somebody like him with so much experience on having trains ran on... I mean, running trains, uh, he would know how to, you know, functionally have trains run for him. On <clears throat> him. Um, yeah, it's uh, by Savannah Hernandez. Published yesterday, of course, you know, February 21st, 2023. Now, moving on. It's been over 18 days since the train derailment that sent toxic chemicals into the environment of East Palestine and the Department of Transportation. Secretary Pete Buttigieg Buttigieg, has finally announced that he will be making a trip to the area. During a recent appearance on ABC, Buttigieg was pressed on the Biden administration's slow response to the crisis with host George Stephanopoulos asking when Buttigieg planned to make a trip to the town. Right here. The administration has come under some fire for its response. The mayor of East Palestine has said it took nearly two weeks for the White House to contact him. There were shouts of, where's Pete Buttigieg at a town hall meeting last week. Uh, what's your response to that? When are you going to go to East Palestine? Well, I am planning to go. And uh, our folks were on the ground from the first hours. I do want to stress that... Lies. The- lies. You know what? The articles are getting too old to bunk it, but fucking Lies. Our our people were on the ground since day one. Go fuck yourself. And I hate to say it, there are people who are going to believe him. There absolutely are. For no good fucking reason. The NTSB needs to be able to do its work independently. But when I go, the focus is going to be on action. Look, I was mayor of my hometown for eight years. We dealt with a lot of disasters, natural and human. And one of the things I noticed very quickly is that there's two kinds of people who show up when you have that kind of disaster experience. People who are there because they have a specific job to do and are there to get something done. And people who are there to look good and have their picture taken. When I go, it will be about action on rail safety like the actions that we are calling on Congress to help us with, that we are calling on industry to take, and that we are undertaking ourselves as a department to help make sure that these kinds of things don't happen in the future. Oof. Alright, moving on. As you're right here, took a uh, look at my hometown mayor, dealt with a lot of disasters. He continued, however, quote, or he, ga- he continued, however, he gave no concrete data as to when he would be making the trip. It took 10 days of residents and reporters detailing local animals dying, complaining of headaches and rashes, and raising concerns over the potentially poisoned air and water supply for Buttigieg to respond to the, de- uh, to the derailment, tweeting, quote, I continue to be concerned about the impacts of the February 3rd train derailment near East Palestine, Ohio, and the effects on families. In the 10 days since their lives were upended. Right here, Buttigieg. Uh, I continue to be concerned about the impacts of the February train derailment near East Palestine. <sighs> um, 
Yeah, I just, I don't know. Nothing feels real from this mm, flamboyant fella. I continue to be, I continue to be concerned about the impacts of the February 3rd train derailment near East Palestine, Ohio. Any effects on the families in the 10 days since their lives were upended through no fault of their own. It's important that the families have access to useful and accurate information. That's interesting. You know, I completely agree. Maybe don't arrest journalists trying to report on it, you asshole. Oh, hold on. You want people to have access to useful information, yet multiple journalists have been arrested. This happened to be a Newsmax journalist. Not an independent one, not some jackass with a podcast like me. Because I will be on the grounds. Uh, I'm able to get to Palestine, Ohio. I'm just I'm scheduled to work all week. And I balance a regular 9 to 5 with this and doing civil service work. So I'm busy. And, and I'm not saying that in a way like the, the people out there are not important. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. I just have a lot of obligations here. And much like how I say we can't be sending money to Ukraine until we address the situations in our own backyard, same thing goes here. I have issues in my own backyard I need to address. I'm addressing those. Uh, I'm talking from like a work and a, um, you know, like I'm, I'm a precinct delegate, so I have meetings all the time and stuff like that. So I'm balancing a handful of things. But I do and am planning to make a trip to East Palestine, Ohio, hopefully this weekend. And I'll be filming a few hours worth of content, me exploring the woods and the waterways, getting as close, if not right up to where the train derailment is and where the carts are at my press pass with me or my press credentials with me. I'll see how far that gets me in. And maybe I'll get arrested. Maybe I won't. We'll see. Bottom line is I'm going to hopefully get some interviews going on. But yeah, Evan Lambert, uh, charges dismissed for reporter arrested while covering Ohio train derailment. Evan Lambert, a News Nation, News Nation, I I, I probably said Newsmax, my bad. A News Nation reporter was arrested on February 8th while doing a live shot at a news conference where the government of Ohio was speaking. Let's see. Is this footage that he was shooting? Residents may finally get some answers uh, as uh, at a town hall tonight. They better get a lot of answers. Yep, uh, the town hall, 7 p.m. As we learned, the train was hauling more toxic chemicals than first reported. Governor Uh, Mike DeWine of Ohio says the air is safe, but you should probably drink bottled water until it's all clear. Garrett Tenney is live on the ground in East Palestine. Garrett, are you feeling safe there? How is it affecting you? Yeah, I can tell you there's a little bit of a smell still here at the site of where the train derailment took place. And we've heard that from a lot of folks here. Uh, Last night, we spoke to a a lot of people outside of a grocery store here in New Palestine. And I can tell you, they have a lot of questions that they want answers to. Many are concerned and unhappy with the response so far, with the information that they have been given uh, from officials. And as a result, they just don't trust what they're being told about it being safe to come home. They told us all of this even after Ohio Governor Mike DeWine held an hour-long press conference conference yesterday with experts from a host of state agencies to try to give some answers and guidance on the initial response, what's being done, and what the plans are going forward. With so many folks here saying they don't feel safe, here's what the governor said when our producer asked him if he'd feel comfortable coming back home if he lived here. Look, I, I think that I would be drinking the bottled water, um, and I would be continuing to uh, um, find out what the tests were showing as far as the air. It's not just folks here. But it's safe. Concerned. But it's safe, right, DeWine? You drink the bottled water with you, but it's safe, right? Uh, uh. 
uh, surrounding cities like Youngstown, Newcastle, and Pittsburgh are on high alert as well. And after getting a lot of criticism for being silent on this disaster for 10 days, last night, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg again tweeted about his department's response, touting the $32 million in grants it's awarded to improve hazmat response in incidents like these. Ohio Congressman Mike Turner says Secretary Pete needs to do more. Transportation, Buttigieg, uh, ought to be on this. He's been ignoring yeah. this. I think it shows he turns his back on middle America when they have uh, a crisis like this. The Department of Transportation needs to have a greater awareness of the risk and of where these hazardous materials are. As all of this unfolds here in Ohio, officials in Tucson, Arizona, are dealing with a hazmat situation of their own after a tanker carrying nitric acid rolled over on the freeway late yesterday, prompting a series of evacuation orders. And just this past hour, officials there reinstated a shelter-in-place order for a one-mile perimeter around the site of the crash after some of the acid started to leak when crews tried to take it out from the truck. We'll be keeping an eye on that throughout the day, and we'll be keeping a close eye on tonight's town hall here in New Palestine. Steve, Ainsley, Brian? All right, thank you so much. Garrett, are you wearing a mask at all during your uh, yeah. live? Live shots. You're wearing a mask. No, it certainly crossed the mind, but due to the chemicals here, the particles are so small that even an N95 mask is only so effective in filtering out those. So you can wear it for peace of mind, but in terms of how effective it is, it's going to be somewhat limited. That says a lot. Garrett, thank you. Great reporting. Yeah. All right. Put on real quick. News Nation correspondent Evan Lambert is speaking out as charges against him following his February 8th arrest at the Ohio train derailment press conference were dropped. Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost, a Republican, announced Wednesday that, quote, relevant video and document evidence do not support the charges against Lambert, who was accused of criminal trespass and disorderly conduct, quote, while journalists could conceivably be subject to criminal charges for trespassing in some situations, this incident is not one of them, Yost wrote. Quote, the reporter was lawfully present at a press conference called by, gov- by the governor of the state. His conduct was consistent with the purpose of the event and his role as a reporter. Absolutely. Now that's... Uh Got the footage right here. They have a really nice camera. Oh, the president has a nice camera. <laughs> Duh. This prick here with the earpiece should be following this. Uh, it's not on the script, I guess. Look how stressed these two pigs are. You volley cops, a lot of them. Why are you arresting Evan? He's a national correspondent with News Nation. He's been here on the ground all week covering the story. What is the problem? Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> 
All right. Let's see. Let's read his response real quick. Quote, it is by design that reporters aren't meant to become the story. In my case, I truly did not choose this, and anyone who knows me will attest to the fact that I do not do not want nor relish in any of this extra attention, Lambert began. Quote, to all who share the video of the harassment, then, uh, then, ex- eh, excessive force, then unjust and illegal arrest, I thank you. Quote, I'm still processing what was... Come on, dude, it's not that traumatic. I've been arrested. All right, bro. Like, come on. I've had a cop bust me right in the fucking face, dog. Like, come on, it's not that. It's not... You're, you're, you're a national field correspondent. You've definitely been through way worse, and you've definitely been arrested before. I'm on your side, but, you know, it shove the fucking milk in it for public attention. Shit up your ass. This is you enjoying being part of the story. So don't, don't come out here and be like, oh, look, dog, I fucking... I hate being the story. Anyone who knows me will tell you I hate being part of the story, but... You know, this is so traumatic. Fuck you, it's not that traumatic. We've all been arrested. You were laid down, you were past surgery, you probably complied with every good, every demand and everything. You just mouthed off as you walked off to the cop car before you were released. It was not that traumatic for you. I know for a fact you would have had to have been arrested before. Anyone who's on any level of riot or field coverage or protest reporting has been arrested and detained and or harassed, put in handcuffs, and then forced to be like, oh, yeah, here's my state ID, here's my driver's license, and here's my, you know, my press credentials, blah, 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 blah. It happens. I don't buy the trauma, the, the trauma shit for one goddamn minute. That's you trying to become part of the story. That's you making your own. Actually, you're becoming part of the story. You're making your own little little part, your own little pocket of, of, of like a little pocket universe on the main universe that is the, the train to Roman story. I, I, I fucking, I'm still processing what was a traumatic event for me. Fuck you. In, and again, I'm on your side, but just shove it up your ass, dude. Self-righteous dickhead. In the context of a time where we are hyper-aware of how frequently some police interactions with people of color can end in much worse circumstances, blow me. Unarmed white people are more likely to be shot and killed by cops than you. So blow it, bro. Hey, NAACP found that. Not me. Not me. Not my study. Um, that is not lost on me, Lambert wrote. Quote, At the same time, as a journalist who has spent more than a decade covering crime, courts, and more recently federal law enforcement, I have, I have great respect for officers who do their jobs each day with integrity, civil rights, justice, and safety at the core of their mission. But that's his statement. If you want to read more of the article, it is out. It is will be in the description below. So, yeah, you want them to have access to accurate information, Booty Judge. Let's see. Three days later, Booty Judge then appeared on Yahoo Finance to share with the uh, concerned public what uh, concerned public that quote. While this horrible situation has gotten particularly a particularly high amount of attention, there are roughly a thousand cases of cases of a year of trains derailing. Yeah, but not with the chemicals and the fire. This is an entirely different story, you fuck. It's like if I did a backflip and all of a sudden a sinkhole opened up and I fell to my death. You know, 
Well, people, you know, they do backflips and fall and fail all the time. Yeah, but how many people do a backflip and all of a sudden end up in a sinkhole a thousand feet deep and break their fucking neck upon impact? That is what adds a unique flair to the fucking statistics, you cunt. Oh, I'm sorry. The cunts offend you, faggito. So, uh, you dick. Well, I don't want to excite you either. Uh, look, Rail City is something that uh, uh, that has evolved a lot over the years, but there's clearly more that needs to be done because uh, while this uh, horrible situation ha- has gotten a particularly high amount of attention, there are roughly 1,000 cases a year of a train derailing. These are not even comparable. What a clown thing to say. Since the uh, since the derailment, citizens of East Palestine have also been told by the EPA that the air and water supply in the area are safe. We did a deep dive into how that's a fucking lie. With the Biden administration denying federal disaster relief for the small town last week. That was like three times in a week. Which resulted in an increased public... Yeah, again, by the Democrats are not winning Ohio anytime soon. This resulted in increased public criticism and more calls for Buttigieg to visit the affected area as reporters began taking videos of the chemical-like sheen it was oil and whatnot in the river surrounding the area. Even more proof that the EPA is lying to the people of East Palestine. The water is insanely contaminated. This is a famous clip. We've all seen it. Wow. Look at all that. Look at it. It's all in the bottom of the creek bed. Now look at it. Yeah, we're safe, guys. Trust the government. The administration originally shared that the city did not qualify for FEMA funding because, well, FEMA believed that the incident didn't qualify as a traditional disaster such as a tornado or hurricane. Go fuck yourself. Per Dan Tierney, a spokesperson for Ohio Governor Mike DeWine. However, the decision was quickly reversed just one day after former President Trump announced... I'll be making a trip to East Palestine later this week, which appears, again, uh, unconfirmed rumors are saying that he will be there today. It is Wednesday. It is Wednesday, my guys. FEMA has since announced they will be sending teams to the area with Buttigieg now admitting that his response could have come sooner. Yeah, well, you know, same complaints your boyfriend has. Quote, Oh, I'm sorry. 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 Husband. Husband. Not but buddy. Quote, We've been in the ground literally. On the ground literally since day one. Go fuck your lying self. Why are you lying ass husband, I guess? From day one. To make sure we're doing our part to support, he began. Quote, I do think it's important to speak out about that. I, uh, I think it's important to speak out about that. And I could have spoken out sooner, he admitted. And what's your message to people who are concerned that the department was late to speak out on this issue? They're saying that transportation and EPA was late 
Listen, his boyfriend has really high stamina. Man, he eats a lot of pineapple. Takes that alpha brain. He'd be doing sit-ups. He'd be bicycling every day, man. Takes a lot of time. It takes mouth and hand efforts. His husband is an all-day thing, man. So once he got his husband all satisfied, squared away, and he had his daily protein shot, then he could get involved in the situation. To the game. Wait, what was he supposed to do on an empty stomach? And speaking out and responding to the situation in East Palestine. Well, to be clear, our department was on the ground within hours, uh, helping with the response and the investigation. Again, I respect the separate role of NTSB, but we have been on the ground literally from day one. Uh, to make sure that uh, that we're doing our part. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Mm, oh my God! Stop fucking lying! Uh, I do think that it's important to speak out about that, and I could have spoken out sooner. And I'm uh, making sure that we are focused on the actions that are going to make a difference. I bet News Nation is just enjoying these interviews after what happened to their journalists. Many senators have called for Buttigieg to resign due to his lack of response, with Biden's recent visit to Ukraine stroking more criticisms as citizens across the U.S. ask why the president was able to make a trip across the seas before visiting the residents of one of the worst ecological disasters in modern-day American history. Fair questions all around, folks. Now we have one more article to get into real quick. Now, we talked about this when it first came out, why did Joe Biden deny and reject FEMA services? And and if it was these, if the re, and now let's hear it right. Let's say he's telling the truth. What changed? What so suddenly changed about the situation in East Palestine after Donald Trump said he was going there? Could it be, um? Just maybe, just perhaps in a small sense, you didn't want to be looked up, showed up by the former president that you might have to be running against later on, Biden. Or whoever the deep state or administrative state, as McAfee called it, the administrative state, may want to run. Again, not a perfect man by any means. I definitely don't think he was an inside player, but Orange Judas definitely did seem to piss y'all off. I just can't help but wonder. What, uh... What changed? You know? Biden administration defends denying FEMA aid to East Palestine after derailment. Quote, what East Palestine needs is much more expensive than what FEMA can provide. The Biden official said FEMA is on the front lines when there is a hurricane or tornado. This situation is different. Mm. Ever heard of the phrase, every little bit helps? It's the article by Olivia Rodeau. Rondau. The Biden administration refused to grant disaster relief for Ohio because, quote, East Palestine, what East Palestine needs is much more expensive than what FEMA can provide, a White House official said to, said to Fox News on one, on Friday. It was Jeannier Cron, uh, it was, uh, cringe John Peer who said that to Peter Ducey. In a statement to Fox News, an official within the Biden administration said that they are, quote, mobilizing a robust multi-agency effort to support the people of East Palestine, Ohio, and that FEMA is coordinating with the Emergency Operations Center, working closely with the Ohio Emergency Management. And yet, at that particular point in time, Ohio's administration was saying, yeah, we're not hearing anything from the Biden administration. We don't know why they're saying that. We haven't heard anything from them. Their tune's now changing. Now they're rushing in. 
It's interesting, right? Officials on the scene, meanwhile, declared the burn, quote, perfect. Mike DeWan, the governor of Ohio, agreed with all of this. The people in charge, the railroad's engineers, and the state officials overseeing them had everything under control. So two days later, evacuation orders for residents were officially lifted, both in East Palestine and over the border in Pennsylvania. That was last week. In the subsequent days, a lot of people have wondered out loud, was it really a wise decision to light thousands of gallons of vinyl chloride on fire, releasing a World War I-era bioweapon into the air over a populated area? Was that a good call? And was it really safe two days later for people to go back to their homes? And if it was safe, how do we know that? Is anyone in charge actually monitoring with any accuracy the level of deadly chemicals in the air, ground, and water in and around East Palestine? Well, no, apparently nobody is. And that's highly upsetting when you think about it. Talk about a failure at all levels. The first duty of government is to protect its citizens. So it's bad. And it's very bad news for reckless politicians like Josh Shapiro and Mike DeWine, who may have helped make this disaster much worse. So tonight, both DeWine and Shapiro are desperately trying to revise their previous statements about the so-called controlled burn. Both have now decided that the toxic mushroom cloud over East Palestine, the one they signed off on and endorsed on television, was actually a bad thing. It didn't go as planned. It wasn't perfect. And both governors have now identified the villain here, not as themselves, no, of course not, but as the railroad, Norfolk Southern. Both are considering lawsuits against the company. In an act of amazingly brazen butt covering, Josh Shapiro even wrote a letter to the White House and the Transportation Department claiming that Norfolk Southern was, quote, unwilling to explore or articulate alternative courses of action to their proposed vent and burn. It was very obvious, he says, that there was probably a, quote, safer all overall approach for first responders, residents, and the environment. That was very obvious. He just never said anything about it. It's remarkable. And for the record, we are not defending Norfolk Southern here. We're only pointing out that Norfolk Southern had the strong endorsement of Josh Shapiro and Mike DeWine when it set those chemicals on fire and caused the mushroom cloud. And by the way, the Biden administration... And Mike DeWine acted as if he had no knowledge of the fire even happening in the first fucking place. Again, that man's credibility has been crippled beyond repair, and hopefully he's booted out next go-around. Fuck DeWine. Administration endorsed it too. My Ohio audience According is skyrocketing. Judge Biden officials were on the scene. Yet somehow they never said myself. a word about the mushroom cloud until pictures of it evoked outrage on social media. And of course they didn't. They didn't even notice. It had nothing to do with equity or climate change. East Palestine is a poor white town that voted for Trump. So honestly, who cares? No one in the Biden administration did care, and that's an atrocity. The people whose indifference made it possible should lose their jobs, beginning with Pete Buttigieg and extending to Governors Josh Shapiro and Mike DeWine. They didn't care, and they got caught not caring. Absolutely. However, what East Palestine needs is much more expensive. Read that. Read that. Okay. Can provide and continue FEMA is on the front lines for hurricane tornadoes. The situation. Well, then why was FEMA? Wait, I just remembered FEMA was used to clean up the BP oil spill. First off, had nothing to do with us. Second off, again, wasn't a tornado or hurricane. Was a major incident where a tankard 
fucking ripped open in the ocean and crude spilled out everywhere. We also helped that Australian thing too all those years ago. So again, what? We can do it when it's in the oceans but not on fucking land? I'm trying to figure out what you mean there, Joe. They need help with tornadoes and shit. Fuck you. How much money did we send during that? Uh, the Obama administration sent $69 million, uh, million dollars to BP for the U.S. government's cleanup efforts. The bill was also sent to TransOcean, Anadarko, Moex, Offshore, and QBE Underwriting. Nice. On Thursday, the federal... Uh, mm, the Federal Emergency Management uh, Agency, FEMA, turned down Ohio Governor Mike DeWine's request for disaster relief after the derail, derailed Northfolk Southern Railroad train released toxic chemicals into the town of East Palestine. FEMA continues to advise the uh, Ohio uh, advise that Ohio is not eligible for assistance at this ooh, at this time. DeWine said on Twitter. I spoke with the White House early this morning to address the need for federal help in East Palestine as the result of this convention uh, conversation. My apologies. I've requested assistance from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health and Emergency Response Team, and the CDC to provide direct support. The DeWine administration has been in daily contact with FEMA to discuss the need for federal support, but FEMA continues to advise that Ohio is not eligible for assistance at this time. I will continue to work with FEMA to determine uh, what assistance can be provided. Let's go down here a little bit. Quote, the statement needed, uh, the state needed to help, uh, help, sorry, restart. Quote, the state needed help testing the water and air the epa is providing it they called it they called for an investigation into the derailment the department of transportation is on it the government today asked for help to conduct additional public health uh testing and assessments we're deploying teams from hhs and the cdc to get that done the official added each federal agency has its own unique role here and we've mobilized mobilized an interagency team to get the people of east palestine the support they need the fema snub comes 2 weeks after 38 train cars worth of vinyl chloride as well as multiple 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 other chemicals a dangerous colorless gas derailed in northeastern Ohio village, as a means of disposing of the gas, Northfolk Southern decided to release the hazardous fumes into the air. Chemical spillage made its way into the water, killing off thousands of local fish as well as animals, including domesticated chickens and foxes, according to Fox 9. According to the local outlet, at least eight suits have already been filed against a railroad company, quote, seeking class action status with more than $5 million in damages. State Attorney General Dave Eust also threatened to sue in a letter written, uh, writing, quote, The population which continues to be contaminated 
contaminated the area around, or the pollution which continues to contaminate the area around East Palestine created a nuisance damaging natural resources and caused environmental harm. In response to the outrage, the locals, Norfolk Southern Railroad President and CEO Alan H. Herschel, uh, sorry, Alan H. Shaw, my apologies, released a statement writing, quote, I know you have some questions about whether Norfolk Southern will be here to help make things right. My simple answer is that we are here and will stay here as long as it takes to ensure your safety and to help Palestine recover and thrive. Our work is underway. Crews are cleaning up the site thoroughly, responsibly, and safely. Our families, our Family Assistance Center is helping community members meet immediate needs together with local health officials we have implemented a comprehensive testing program to ensure the safety of East Palestine's water, air, and soil, and we have established a $1 million community support fund as a down payment on our commitment to help rebuild, he said. And that brings us to the end of this article and this episode of Inside Four Walls. I am going to keep following the story as it unfolds, and again, I'm working on getting out to East Palestine, Ohio, myself to film a little bit of what's going on out there. And until that happens, I'm going to keep covered as the news unfolds. Uh, there is something with that Joe Biden and Zelensky meeting I'm looking into right now that I may report on if I get enough information about it. So until next time, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. If you think there's anything I missed or anything you want me to look into further, please leave the links in the, in the comments below. All references and items used in this ep- episode will be in the description below. And until next time, I've been your host, James Madison, and this has been Inside Four Walls. Peace. Uh, okay, I'm no fucking chemical engineer, but I really think the government is hiding how bad the chemical spill is in Ohio. Like, I, I really don't think all the rivers should be empty of fish just floating downstream and, like, all the animals just, like, passing out from breathing the air. So I walked up to the cage, and this this is what I found. Amanda Brashears was going to feed her five hens and rooster this morning when she discovered them all lifeless, practically in the same position, with no signs of a predator entering their enclosure. So a couple days ago, over 50 trains derailed in a small town of Palestine, Ohio, dumping hundreds of gallons of toxic chemicals into the earth, most notably vinyl chloride, which is used to make plastics. For, duh, environmental reasons, this is bad because the chemicals can seep into the water systems of the city. So what was the government's bright idea? Oh, let's burn the shit and release it in the air so it doesn't poison anyone. And, oh, don't worry, they were nice enough to tell everybody within a one-mile radius to evacuate. Following the detonation of the train carrying chemicals that derailed in East Palestine is to blame for her bird's sudden death. My video camera footage shows my chickens were perfectly fine before they started this burn. And as soon as they started the burn, my chickens slowed down and they died. So the EPA sent a bunch of scientists to observe the air quality around the area and everybody's like, oh yeah, shit's fine. Except everybody when they got back to their homes discovered their pets and animals had fucking died. This guy's poor dog went back to his house and all of a sudden he started coughing really hard and just shut down and started like having diarrhea everywhere. But the government's stance to this day is still, oh yeah, everything's fucking fine. If it can do this to chickens in one night, imagine what it's going to do to us in 20 years. Officials have said that the smell wasn't toxic or dangerous, but still advised people in the Mahoning Valley to stay indoors Monday night as a precaution. For them to say the air quality is okay, I'm calling BS. I'm going to be taking my birds to the vet to have them examined, because if if this is the cause of their burn, they're being held responsible.
Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm with James Madison, and kind of following up the last two uploads, episodes of Inside Four Walls I uploaded today. Let's talk more about that surprise visit to Ukraine, where 500 fucking million dollars more was given to Ukraine while people in East Palestine are being snuffed by their whole government. Oh, that was until a certain orange former presidential tangerine got involved now all of a sudden the government can't wait to get involved to save you sorry save ukraine (laughs) they're already trying to do that uh get involved and help out ohio and it's kind of convenient i feel like if the disaster was in a blue state that didn't go die hard 75 percent for trump in 2016 or in 2020 and like a 60 something percent for Trump in 2016, maybe Biden would have had a faster reaction time to it. But no, 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 no. While domestically people are struggling to get clean drinking water, there are homeless people under every bridge in this country. Uh, You know, even fucking climate change and all that shit, right, Joe? You have all these things you claim to care about, yet find her milling to Ukraine while your own country burns. Some commander-in-chief. But, I mean, nothing new there with that statement, right? By announces five hundred million in new military aid to Ukraine during surprise visit. Fucking hell. Check this out real quick. Military, economic, and humanitarian support. We united the leading economies of the world to impose unprecedented costs that are squeezing Russia's economic lifelines. Together, we've committed nearly seven hundred tanks and thousands of armored vehicles, 1,000 artillery systems, more than 2 million rounds of artillery ammunition, more than 50 advanced launch rocket systems, anti-ship and air defense systems, all defend you to defend Ukraine. And that doesn't count the other half a billion dollars we're going to be we're announcing with you today and, and tomorrow. And that doesn't count the other half billion dollars. Jesus Christ. That's going to be coming your way. Or are you promising And that's it? just the United States in this piece. And just today, that announcement includes artillery ammunition for HIMARS and howitzers, more javelins, anti-armor systems, air surveillance radars to help protect Ukrainian people. Oh, God. I'm at the point where I'm just like, can Ukraine just get its ass wiped out already? I know it sounds horrible to say, but look, Zelensky's been officially inducted into the World Economic Forum, and Ukraine is now receiving a ton of its funding from the World Economic Forum as well. I have no sympathy. My my patience for this has worn out. But, you scroll down here to the hill, let's go right there. Biden announced $500 million in new military aid during surprise visit while East Palestine burns. Chemicals pollute their waterways, their livestock's dying, children getting sick. But yeah, Ukraine. Brett Samuels wrote this article. President Biden on Monday announced the U.S. would be providing $500 million in additional military aid to Ukraine during a surprise visit to Kiev. Maybe you saw the ghosts of Kiev. Debunked nonsense. And he, te- uh, and he teased new sanctions to crack down on entities aiding Russia's war efforts in the country. Yeah, 
that totally won't backfire. Biden appearing alongside Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky touted the sizable commitment of military equipment and the U.S. and its allies have already provided Ukraine in the year since the Russia first invaded. Quote, Together, man, we've continu- we've committed nearly 700 tanks and thousands of armored vehicles, man. A thousand artillery systems and, and uh, and, uh, and two million rounds of, of, um, of, uh, artillery, art, 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 artillery ammunitions, man. And more than 50 advanced launcher rocket systems and anti-ships and anti-air defense systems, man. All the, all, all defense Ukraine. I'll defend Ukraine. Yeah, man, Biden said. And, quote, that doesn't even count for the other half of the half a billion dollars we're, we're announcing with you today. And tomorrow, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's coming your way. The forthcoming announcement, Biden said, includes artillery and munitions for long-range weapons like howitzers and HIMARS, more anti-tank javelins, and more anti-armor systems and air surveillance radars to protect against aerial attacks. All because you know Ukraine has some dirt on Joe and Hunter. God, I wonder what it is. Biden also highlighted a new round of sanctions he announced later in the week targeting, quote, elites and companies that are trying to evade sanctions and backfill Russia's war machine. The president spent roughly five hours on Monday in Kiev meeting with Zelensky and emphasizing the importance of Ukraine, of support for Ukraine and its ongoing war against Russia, which invaded its neighbor without, uh, that's not accurate at all to say, without provocation, that's not true. So there was an agreement between Russia and Ukraine. Ukraine didn't have borders and it still technically doesn't have borders. Anyway, the agreement was Russia will agree that this is its own sovereign land so long as it's allowed to have democratic elections. Democratic elections were held. The United States puppet lost. So the U.S. funded and aided uh, rebellion and political groups, essentially uh, Ukrainian equivalents of, like, you know, far out there political activists who were burning down and rioting. The U.S. was giving them weapons and protection and sending them out into the streets, as well as planting a lot of American actors amongst their masses. And these people went out and they burned and rioted and overthrew the system, and then Zelensky was installed. And Zelensky is nothing more than a perfect puppet for the state. The real president of of uh, Ukraine fled to Russia, where Zelensky offered him shelter and political asylum, and that was a provocation. Uh, no, it was an escalation of a pre-existing con of pre-existing conflict. Let's not forget that you know Russia reclaimed like three major territories under Obama, and then attempted to reclaim territories under Trump, but backed off when Trump pushed back. So no, this isn't unpro un un uh, unpro uh, unprovoked. There is a reason to this. This is a long history, just because, you know, uh, you don't think history existed before most people's attention span doesn't mean that it didn't exist before most people's attention span. Russian takeover on February twenty seventh un uh, unmarked Russian forces with nationalist primary uh, paramilitaries took over the. Autonomous Republic of Crimea and Servistopol, Servistopol, 
with Russian special forces seizing the building of Supreme Council of Crimea and the building of the Council Ministers of Smiropol. So, again, this isn't necessarily... Uh, it was a rapid escalation of a ongoing conflict that has been unfolding since Zelensky was installed, basically. So, yeah, you know. America wants to play world building, you know, you know, we want to play Age of Empires and conquer the globe. There's going to be consequences for trying to play world police and world government. This is what happens. We bring this kind of shit upon ourselves in the world by getting involved. Uh, um, entities and companies are trying to evade sanctions and um and backfill Russia's war machine. The president spent roughly five hours on Monday in Kiev meeting with Zelensky and emphasizing the importance of support for Ukraine in its ongoing war against Russia. It invaded its neighbor without provocation roughly one year ago. Biden will deliver remarks on Tuesday from Warsaw, Poland. He took the walk to Poland. Sorry, about the war efforts and the need for the U.S. and its allies to remain committed to support for Ukraine. The U.S. has committed at least twenty has committed at least twenty five billion. Oh, think of all the things you could have repaired. And think of all the potholes, the pipes in Flint, the cleanup in East Palestine. There's so much you could have done with this. Um, Russia from Kiev and uh, and security assistance to Ukraine since the start of the Biden administration, according to the Pentagon, Biden is facing pressure from Kiev and some U.S. lawmakers to do more, however, specifically providing F-16 fighter jets to Ukraine. Some Republicans in Congress have argued there needs to be more th- uh, thorough review of the aid the U.S. is providing. And some conservatives have called for the amount of assistance to be curtailed. I'm with that one. (laughs) But support for Ukraine has largely been an overwhelming bipartisan effort over the past year. And with narrow narrow majorities in each chamber of Congress, that is unlikely to change. Hmm, I don't know. It does seem like it's actually changing. But let's move on, shall we? Now, it's really funny, right? Before he went there, Joe Biden called Russia to ask for fucking permission. Coming from an area of strength, aren't we? Biden called Kremlin to give advance warning. He was going to Ukraine. Quote, we did notify the Russians that President Biden would be traveling to Kiev. Why? Or we did uh, we did so some hours before that his departure for deconfliction deconfliction purposes, Sullivan said. Oh, Jakey boy, this is from Hannah Nightingale. Ooh, what's this? Journalists and up to organizations like Turning Point USA to bring people accountable. So again, my main takeaway. Moving on. On Monday, it was revealed that the White House warned. The Kremlin of President Joe Biden's warned a visit to Ukraine ahead of his arrival, according to the Daily Mail. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, Jake Boy, said that Russia had been warned of Biden's arrival for, quote, deconfliction purposes. 
a significant moment on the world stage. President Biden met with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky during this unannounced trip. It comes just days before the one-year mark of Russia's brutal invasion of Ukraine. This moment is highly significant this morning. Biden sending a strong message of support to Ukrainians as air raid sirens wailed across Kiev, underscoring the, the very real risk. You always wait for it to happen trip. again. Okay, so by the way, let's watch this footage right here very carefully. This is suspicious on all shades of me. They catch the air raid sirens, like, click on right as Joe Biden walks out. And then they have, like, a pre-marked spot for Joe Biden to, like, walk to. And this is supposed to be, like, a surprise visit, right? But days in advance, right, Joe Biden asked, pretty much asked Russia for permission. Then they go there, and then suddenly there's this missile test. And all the people reporting on the missile test are, like... Fucking para is like quote we'll read an article about it at the end. But they're saying that Russia did a air missile thing like uh intercon But apparently Russia tested like an intercontinental ballistic missile that day. Yeah, we'll be looking into that a little bit further, trust me. Bit weird, bit weird. But why watch this shit. Let's watch it together. It it's scripted as all hell. Trip to the maximum to Ukrainians as air raid sirens wailed across Kyiv, underscoring the very real risk involved in this trip. Both leaders spoke a moment ago. Man, Drew is awfully smiley for air raid sirens going off in a war zone, right? Go about the weight of this historic moment. Ah, damn, they cut it. President Biden, that is so important signal for us, and all we are proud of it. Thank you very much for coming, Mr. President. It's good to be back in Kiev. I was telling the president, one of my newer staff members on the flight from Washington in Poland uh, asked me how many times I've been to Kiev, and I had to stop and think it's my eighth trip. Much has changed, much of it bad with the invasion, but also the Ukrainian people have stepped up in a way that uh, few people ever have in their own defense and uh, have uh, apparently uh, also embraced the notion of democracy. No longer a discussion about whether or not uh, certain privileged people have control. Yep, they cut the footage from what I wanted to show you, but it's okay. We'll watch the footage together later. Uh, quote, we did notify the Russians that President Biden would be traveling to Kiev. We did. Uh, we did so some hours before his departure for deconfliction purposes. Sullivan said Sullivan did not give additional details on what the Biden admin said to Russia during the call. Quote, and because of the sensitive nature of those communications, I won't get into how they responded, or what the precise nature of their message was. But I can confirm that we provided that information, he said regarding on the call. Sullivan also refused to reveal Biden's means of travel to get to Ukraine. Quote, we will share it, but we want to make sure we do so once we feel that it's oppor uh, opportunely safe to do so, Sullivan said. Biden reportedly left Washington, D.C. at 4.15 a.m. on Sunday. 
in a secret fly in a secret uh in secret flying to Poland before taking a ten hour train ride to Ukraine. Sounds great for the environment. According to the Daily Mail, one member of a two person press pool stated that Biden flew to Poland on Air Force C Air Force C thirty two, a plane smaller than the Boeing seven four sevens that would usually be utilized for overseas trips. The plane flew under the call sign Sam O six O rather than the Air Force One call sign which stands for Special Air Missions. The plane stopped in Germany for refueling after which pilots switched off the plane's transponder for an hour-long reminder of the flight. Hour-long remainder of the flight, sorry. Oh, they just turned it off, huh? We'll probably be on track, to be completely fair. I get that, though. The trip was reportedly supposed to remain secret until Biden left Ukraine's capital, but plans changed once locals started sharing images online of Biden and Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky. Involved in the planning process were officials from the White House, the Chief of Staff's Office, the National Security Council, the White House Military Office, the Pentagon, the Secret Service, and the intelligence community. Quote, only a handful of people in each of these buildings was involved in the planning of the operational security, Deputy National uh, Security Advisor Jonathan Finer told reporters. Uh, now, it gets a little bit more interesting. Now, there are articles all over talking about failed Russian tests. Russia f- carried out a failed intercontinental ballistic missile test while Biden was in Ukraine as a sign of threat, blah, blah. <clears throat> yeah, uh, nothing backs that up other than air raid sirens blaring here, which, come on, I will put money down stage. We'll watch the whole video here. They turn. You can literally hear the air raid sirens turning on as Biden walks out and cameras turn on. They have a march step and everything. It is clownishly made up. Watch this. See, I can get so as long as I can get it to go. Okay. Listen how they just pitch up as he walks out. Totally spontaneous, yet they asked Putin if they could go in the first place. Now, there's a little detail I want you to see when they get there. What do you just point at? The Azov Battalion, the true Aryan race, R.I.P. Ripen, Ripperoni. What the? Hold on. I just went looking for it. There's a little clip. I can't find it, but you know what? Oh well. Here's a picture. They have it right here. So, hmm, interesting, right? Even Reuters, anyway. Reuters is a little bit different. Whoa, hold on. 
Russia's warship with hypersonic missile arrives for drills in South Africa, uh, South Africa and China. That's different. Everyone else is saying they fired and tested missiles while Biden was in Ukraine. It's interesting because Reuters says something a little bit different. Air raid sirens blared across Ukraine's capital as Biden visited Kiev, although there were no reports of Russian missiles or airstrikes. Suspicious then. Before we wrap up, look at this picture real quick. See if I can zoom in, maybe. Is there a way for me to zoom in? Nope, I can't. Oh, well, you can see it. Look under his foot. You see this little red dot here? Why the fuck does Joe Biden need a place marker? Look at Zelensky looking dead at the goddamn thing. So my question for you, right? Totally spontaneous fucking visit. Why does it all feel so staged and scripted? Reuters says no reports of missile tests. And yet they played the air raid sirens as soon as Joe Biden's on camera. Mm. Mm. I just don't buy it. But that being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been your host, James Madison. Remember, Joe Biden values Ukraine and its assets over Ohio and other American safeties. Because he will send you and your family to die and provoke World War III for whatever special interests him and his family have in Ukraine. So until next time, I've been your host, James Madison, and I shall catch you guys later. Peace. Ah, uh, looks like Quasimodo caught the big sad. Ah, oh, boy. Welcome back to Inside Four Walter. Most James Madison. We're going to make fun of mentally disabled men today. Fuck you. Let's have fun. Senator John Fetterman checks into hospital for, cl- for clinical depression treatment, his office says. And mind you, he was just in the o- he was just in the hospital like two and a half weeks ago, and he was just released only to check himself back into the hospital like three days later for depression. Now, before we get into the more recent story, let's hop into this little older story right here, shall we? Fetterman hears voices like teachers in Peanuts still hospitalized after feeling lightheaded. Now, he was released between this article and the and the this old article and the new one we'll be getting into. In order to mitigate the fact that he hears other people's search or other people's speech as incoherent, he uses close ooh, pardon me, closed captioning devices that display what is being said to him. Out loud, so he can read along. Imagine if Dr. Oz just exploited this. From February 10th. From Olivia Rondeu? Okay. Letterman is struggling in his new role as a result of the stroke he suffered in May 2022, which causes him to hear people's voices like the teachers from the Peanuts cartoon. This is something he said and said on the debate stage. A news report from the New York Times revealed in order is to display what is being said to him out loud so he can read along, reports Fox News. The Senate uh, sergeant-at-arms reportedly installed a monitor on Fetterman's desk in the chamber of the U.S. Senate as well as provide him with live captioning tablets for committee headed at the Democrat, uh, Democratic retreat and is being monitored for signs of seizures as of Friday morning. He is reportedly still being treated at George Washington's University Hospital in Washington, D.C. The former mayor of Baddock, Pennsylvania, also 
refused to speak with uh, with the press due to his inability to hear their questions in the echoey Senate halls. Jettelson, quote, before the stroke, he was the kind of person who would love to give and take with reporters. That plays given the current limitations that he shouldn't be in office, but that's kind of the publication. Jettelson claimed that Fetterman was, quote, forced to forego making a full recovery in order to get back on the campaign trail after having a stroke, prompting questions on social media. Yeah, like, why the fuck is he running? Quote, what you're supposed to do is recover from this is do as little as possible, the head staffer said. However, according to him, Fetterman apparently, quote, so this was the head head staff of the Fetterman thing? Interesting. Quote, was forced to do as much as possible. He had to get back to the campaign trail. It's hard to claw, claw that back, Jettelson added. Quote, Fetterman was forced, what? Asked, asked the spectator, spectator editor Stephen L. Miller on Twitter. Amazing, right here. Mr. Fetterman declined to be interviewed for this story, but aides and confidence, confidants described his introduction to the Senate as a difficult period filled with unfamiliar duties that are taxing for someone still in recovery. Meeting with constituents attending the caucus and committee meetings appearing in public at the White House events and at the set at the State of the Union address, as well as making appearances in Pennsylvania. Oh, boo-hoo, it's a fucking job, you disabled, crippled fuck. If you don't want me to make fun of you, you don't have the fucking job. Here's the thing. Well, James, you're making fun of a handicapped. Yeah, you're absolutely. You want the goddamn brain crippled crip fucking thought to himself in his little crippled fucking head? Huh, I'm fit enough to run for president, which means you're fit enough to be fucking mocked by me, Quasimodo. If you're fit enough to take office, you're fit enough to be challenged on a daily basis for your fucking toughness. And especially if you're going to hold any kind of public office. So, yeah. Get mad at me, left or right straw man, for making fun of a fucking brain-dead whelp we call John fucking Fetterman, who is, the lump on his neck is a metaphor for the lump on America's ass that John Fetterman fucking is. Alright, if you don't want to make fun of him, maybe consider the fact that he shouldn't be in fucking office or running. He's a public figure, meaning he's fit for fucking scrutiny, because he thought he was fit to fucking serve. So, TLDR... Fuck the weird guy in office who was formerly famous for being in the fucking Goonies. Oh, and now he has the big set. Tell you what, there's a big band you should go find in, uh, in form of a couple guitarists called My Chemical Inbounds. He's a number one hit for you. The big sad. All right, boss. I have no sympathy whatsoever in my body. And now I know I should have just maybe an inkling, a fucking smidgen, maybe one small ounce of, of sympathy for John Fetterman. And I did during the campaign trail, but now that he's in office and the campaigns are over, it is time to mock him. And besides, I can't hurt his feelings because he can't even understand what the fuck I'm fucking saying. So you're offended on behalf of someone who doesn't even know what the fuck I'm saying. To Here, here, tell you what. My system crashed again, so I don't really know what I was saying for a moment, so I'm just going to move on.
Mr. Fetterman declined to be interviewed for the story, but aides and confidence described his introduction to the Senate bill as a difficult period filled with unfamiliar duties that are taxing for someone, so recovery. And he read all that. Moving on. Quote, what you're supposed to do is recover from this and do as little as possible, said Adam Jettelson, his chief of staff. Instead, Mr. Fetterman was, quote, forced to do as much as possible. He had to get back to the campaign trail. It's hard to claw that back. So the, the dude running his own campaign said, yeah, my boss isn't here yet, and he wasn't able to recover because he was forced to, to go back to it. On Wednesday, Mr. Fetterman was... Mr. Fetterman was hospitalized after feeling lightheaded while attending a day-long Senate Democratic retreat in Washington. Tests showed no signs of another. I want to say Mr. Fetterman was hospitalized after feeling lightheaded while attending a day-long Senate Democrat retreat in Washington. Tests showed no signs of another stroke, and his spokesperson, his spokesman, said he was in good spirits, taking a family. And staff member uh, talking to family and staff members, but he spent a second night in the hospital on Thursday as doctors monitored him for seizures. The entire pl- uh, the entire piece, yeah, entire piece of the Times this AM was quote, "Look how brave he is for struggling with his uh, working conditions." He and his campaign previously said would not happen, he added in the follow-up. Mr. Fetterman was forced to do or read that. The entire piece of the Times at this AM was, quote, look at how brave he is for struggling with his working conditions. He and his campaign previously said would not happen. Political analyst Matt Koch also expressed his concerns over the senator. Whose campaign ter- campaign team, as well as his wife, had previously assured voters that his stroke would not impact his duties in office. Oof. Quote, John Fetterman is still hospitalized and, according to the New York Times, is hearing noises like the teachers in the Peanuts cartoons uh, is talking to him. Great hire, Pennsylvania, he wrote. Quote, we will pray for his recovery, but who didn't see this coming, Koch added. Yeah, I mean, fair. As he stays in the hospital to be monitored, Fetterman's... As he stays in the hospital... Sorry. As he stays in the hospital to be monitored, Fetterman's staff said in a statement that he is, quote, in good spirits and talking with his staff and family. Several tests have ruled out a seizure or another stroke. That is the end of this article. Now let's hop over to the more recent news article right here. So he checked out and is checked back into the hospital, but this time with severe depression. So hearing new voices to this one, huh? Doing good out there, Pennsylvania. You really picked a fucking winner. And right now, while your state's being polluted by a derailed train, what a fucking winner! But you know what's funny? What if this guy gets healed from all these chemicals in the water and becomes like a weird superhero? You know, like the Toxic Avenger here. He kind of looks like it. Senator John Fetterman checks himself into hospital for clinical depression. Ben Kesslin and Samuel Chamberlain. February 16th, 2023. 
Senator John Fetterman, a Democrat from Pennsylvania, is back in a D.C. area hospital, this time to get treatment for clinical depression. His office announced Thursday, quote, while John was ex- Blah, John has experienced depression off and on throughout his life, it only became severe in recent weeks, Fetterman Chief of Staff Adam Jettelson Gen- uh, wrote on Twitter, adding that the cap- uh, that capital attending physician Baron Monahan, uh, Brian Monahan, sorry, examined Fetterman on Monday. Let me zoom in here. It'd be easier for me to read. There we go. Uh, uh, attending physician Brian Monahan examined Fetterman on Monday and quote recommended inpatient care on Wednesday. Quote after examining John, the doctors at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center told us that John is getting the care he needs and will soon be back to himself. Gentlemen, uh concluded. Fetterman's wife, uh, Gisley, posted a separate tweet stating, quote, after what he's been through in the past year, there's probably no one who wanted to talk about his health, his own health less than John. I'm so proud of him for asking for help and getting the care he needs. Now step out of fucking office, you weird lopsided muppet. Fetterman, 53, was taken to George Washington University Hospital on February 8th after feeling lightheaded during a Democratic Party retreat. He was released two days later and was back in the Senate on Monday. Tragic. He should be released and sent back home. The Democrats' health problems began May 13th of last year when he suffered a stroke during the closing days of the Pennsylvania Senate campaign. Fetterman, the then the Commonwealth Lieutenant Governor, was left hearing other cognitive issues that dogged him throughout his old general election campaign against Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz. On February 9th, the New York Times reported that Fetterman still sometimes struggles to hear people's voices clearly, a problem that gets noticeably worse when he's stressed or is in an unfamiliar situation, and which he has compared uh, to trying to decipher the muffled words of Charlie Brown's teachers in the Peanuts. Oof. In... A concession to his uh, to his conditions. <laughs> Sorry, Fetterman carries a tablet around with him that has closed captioning capabilities, so he can read whatever people are saying to him. A closed caption monitor a monitor has been installed on uh, at his desk in Senate chambers, so he can follow along with proceedings. This is fucking pathetic. The device is adjustable in height and. To, in height to accommodate Fetterman whether he needs to sit or stand. A, uh, a customized desk at the center uh, this was all paid for by taxpayers but I guess they voted for him they asked for it. So, A customized desk at the center uh, dais has also been equipped with the same technology for Fetterman's use when he presides over Senate proceedings. If Fetterman's health problems render him unfit to serve, Democrat Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro would need to appoint a replacement. A special election would then be held next year to select a candidate to finish out the remainder of the Fetterman's term. That is the end of this article here. Now, again, I I, I felt bad for him during the campaign trail, but now that he's won, he's deemed himself able and fit to, well, you know, be criticized and mocked fucking relentlessly. Personally, he's kind of asked for it. And I know it could sound cruel, it could sound callous, so on and so forth, but ultimately, you shouldn't run for office if you don't want the public eye on you. That beats it until next time. This has been Inside Four Walls.
I've been your serious venison, and I shall catch y'all later. Peace.